John chapter 12. John chapter 12 this morning. John chapter 12, verse 17, let us stand. So the people, therefore, that was with him when he called Lazarus out of his grave and raised him from the dead, bear record. For this cause the people also met him, for they heard that he had done this miracle. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive ye how ye prevail nothing. Behold, the world is gone after him. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was at Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. Oh, we just need to see Jesus this morning. We need to see his holiness, his graces, his mercy, and his love. Just to see Jesus this morning. Help us now, Lord. Open our eyes, our blinded eyes, that we may see the gracious of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us now, Lord, I pray. Touch hearts, lift us up, and encourage us, Lord. And we'll praise you. We'll glorify you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Here, some people came to Philip and said, Sir, we would see Jesus. I, I hope that's your desire this morning. That when people come to the church, uh, uh, that they would come to see Jesus. I'm not the one they won't need to see. Uh, they, they don't need to come to see the singers. Uh, it's not the fellowship we have, although that's great to have, but every one of ours desires that when we walk through the doors of the house of God is to see Jesus. Paul said he is the heart. He's the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. In all things he might have preeminence. The world's always gaining more and more knowledge on a lot of areas. They like to have more knowledge in this or more knowledge in that looking for them. They desire knowledge. And we should desire the knowledge of the Word of God. If there's anything that you need to gain more than that, that is the desire to have Jesus Christ. Maybe the scriptures can stir us to the heart of the Savior this morning to help us today. In Him we live and more and have our being. The Bible said in John chapter 5, uh, search the scriptures, for in them ye think you have eternal life, and there are they which testify of me. It's been said that uh, you can turn every page in the Bible, and on every page of the Bible you can find Jesus somewhere. It's all about him today. 
It's all about what he's done for you and I. When they came to Philip, they didn't say, hey, take us to see Mary, the the mother of Jesus. They didn't say, hey, take us to Peter, the one the Catholic Church is founded on. They didn't say, hey, uh, take us to James or John. They didn't say, take us to disciples. They said, we desire to see Jesus. I hope that's what your desire is this morning. That when you come to the church looking for nothing else but Jesus. That I may know him, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. I I, I was looking through this book, a song book of mine. Well, it's not mine. I don't know whose it is. It's at my house, so I, I lay claim to it. And I got to thinking about the, this, this sermon here about Jesus, seeking Jesus, wanting to know more about Jesus. And I came across this song, and I want to read it to you. I'm not going to sing it because I'll mess it up. More about Jesus would I know. More of his grace so others to show. More of his saving fullness see. More of his love who died for me. More about Jesus, let me learn. More of his holiness will discern. Spirit of God and my teacher, he's showing the things of Christ to me. More about Jesus is his word, holding communion with the Lord, hearing his voice in every line, making each faithful saying is mine. More about Jesus. On his throne, riches and glory on his own. More of his kingdom, more of his coming, more of his coming, the Prince of Peace. More about Jesus, more, more, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness, grace. More of his love to God for me. We need to know more about Jesus. We need to learn more about Jesus. I I fear that we're living in a day where we're gaining more knowledge about everything else in this world other than Jesus. We're losing out on Jesus. We need more fellowship with Jesus. We We need more time with Jesus. We need to have a desire to be like Him this morning. Why should we know more about Him? Because there's nobody like Him. <laughs> Just ask the woman that got caught in adultery and she's about this close to being stoned to death and Jesus stepped up and now she's serving God, loving God. How's that? Because there's nobody like him. Talk to blind Barnabas. He was there blind and he cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. And he reached and touched and healed his blind eyes. How is that possible? Because there's nobody like Jesus. Ask the man to dwell among the tombs. 
cutting themselves, couldn't chain him, couldn't feather him, couldn't do anything with him. And they, they put him in the tombs there. And, and then they came and saw him sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. How is that possible? Because there's nobody like Jesus. Oh, you talked to Lazarus in the tomb, dead. It's over for Lazarus. Lazarus heard a voice. (laughs) Come forth, Lazarus. And he got up out of that grave. How is that possible? Because there's nobody like Jesus. I wonder if there's anybody in here that can testify with me. That you've tried a lot of things. You've gone a lot of different ways. You met a lot of people. You let a, a lot of influences in your life and, and, and you just, just don't understand. But there's nobody like Jesus when you came to Jesus. And you understand this. Uh, I've been through this world. I've been around this world. I met some royalty. I met some people. But there ain't nobody like Jesus. And they can't do for me what he's done for me. They can't save my soul. They can't lift me out of the miry muck. He's the only one. There's nobody like Jesus. Can you testify this time that when you were lost in this world, walking around undone, and Jesus came right and pulled you up? There's nobody like Jesus. Why why should we care about him? Because he's the Savior. He's the Savior. There's nobody like Jesus this morning. Sir, I would see Jesus. I'm trying to wind down the uh, the series on Sunday night and start up with this one. We'd see Jesus. People, when they see Jesus, what do they see? Here we're going to see the preeminence of Jesus. His power, His glory, the preeminence of who He is. If you get Bible still open, turn back to chapter 1 of John. Chapter 1 of John. Verse number 43. The day following, Jesus would go forth unto Galilee and find a Philip. Now I love Philip. Philip was always trying to get people to come to Jesus. And said unto him, follow me. Lord, wouldn't that be a great thing for us to just learn right now? Just follow him. Just follow him. Wouldn't our government, wouldn't our country be doing great if they just followed him? Now Philip was in Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael, said unto him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. That ought to just make you say, Woo! Praise God. We've been looking for him. We've been hoping he would come. But Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, come and see. Come and see. 
Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, and he said unto him, Behold, an Israelite, indeed in him is no guile. Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou was under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree. Believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending, Upon the Son of Man. Let's see the preeminence of Him. Can I say this is in order for you and me to find someone. For you and I to go out into this world and, and, and try to witness to someone. You first must be found. In order for you to be what God needs you to be, then you must first be found. I am glad the day that I was found. Listen to me. I was not looking for Jesus. I was not on my mind. I was not where I should be. But Jesus found me. And I thank God the day that he found me. The preeminence of Jesus. He saw the Savior. What did Nathaniel see when he saw the Savior? First of all, he saw someone that saw him first. Do you realize that Nathan, Nathaniel did not see Jesus first? Jesus saw Nathaniel first before Nathaniel caught the sight of Jesus. Jesus had sight of Nathaniel. What did Jesus saw about Nathaniel? He saw who Nathaniel was. Verse 47. He said, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Verse 48. Nathaniel said unto him, Whence thou knowest me? How do you know me? What makes you know me? How in the world do you know me? That word gal simply means deceit. Yeah, trying to be underhanded. Jesus said this guy... He's not trying to deceive you. He's not trying to pull the wool over your eyes. Uh, he is not like the Pharisees. Uh, he's trying to catch you on his words. He's trying to catch you off guard. Uh, this man is a straight man. Whatsoever is in his heart and whatsoever is in his mind, that's what comes out. You, you asked the question, does Jesus knows me? Oh, yes, he does. The Lord knew all of Nathaniel's flaws, faults, failures, and yet chose not to highlight them 
You could almost say he was not Baptist. He knew all the secret thoughts, uh, the things that Nathaniel thought of yesterday, and Jesus already knew them. And he could have said all these things. He could have told everybody, this is what this man has been thinking. This is what this man has been doing in secret. But he did not. Because there is only one way that you can come to Jesus. The only way you can, the way the Lord is going to do business with you, you've got to come to him with no guile. You can't, have, you can't have a hidden uh, 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 motive. You know why a lot of people don't get the help from God they desire to get from God? Because they come to the Lord with hidden motives. They're playing games with God. They, they come to the altar and they cry these big crocodile tears and, and they say, Lord, if you do this, but you know, we, we say, hey, we've watched them come to the altar and they cry and they weep and they're going through a lot of troubles. They got trials going on in their life and we can see those things and we weep with them, we pray with them. But let me just tell you this, God don't look on the outward like man does, but God sees your heart. He knows exactly what you're coming for. Amen. He knows exactly why you're at the altar. You may fool everybody else, but you're not going to fool him. Let me just say this. Mark it down in that memory of yours. You start playing games with God, God's going to play a game with you. God's going to flip everything over on you. God will get you straightened out. God will get you right. You got to kind of come to him and say, Lord, I, I come to you as honest. I know how. I, I, I just opened up my heart, and this is what it is. I need help, Lord, that I may see Jesus. He, he knew Nathaniel was, and he saw Nathaniel. Where Nathaniel was, where Nathaniel was, verse forty-eight. Before Philip called thee, when thou was under the fig tree, I saw thee. Aren't you glad you serve a Savior that knows where you at this morning? He has not lost count of his sheep. He is not wondering where you have wandered off to. Jesus saw Nathaniel under the fig tree. You may be spot in your life and you think nobody cares, nobody sees, nobody's standing with you, but Jesus sees everything that's going on in your life this morning. When nobody wants to reach out with you, when nobody wants to stand beside you, Jesus is there right there with you. Yeah, he sees you. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're facing. He knows what's coming ahead of you. He is the preeminent one. He sees where you're at. When we, we lived in Texas, when our youngest son was born, what a treat that was. He had his days mixed up with his nights. I don't think, I still think he's got his days mixed up with his nights. But we was in a grocery store and uh, somehow or another, 
He wasn't that old, two years old, maybe three years old. He escaped from us. We didn't notice it right off the bat. We were too busy shopping. <laughs> then we looked around. Where's that rat at? <laughs> we don't have a rat. So here we are going up and down the aisles looking for this rat of ours. And, and we finally found him, and he was in the arms of another woman. I guess he assumed that she was grandma. And he just in her arms, and then she was looking around to trying to find us. We, we were, it, it kind of moved on us. We were a little afraid a little bit that, hey, we, we've misplaced our child. We can't find him in a grocery store. And, and then we see him with this woman walking down, and he's smiling, ain't nothing wrong. Ain't you glad that God knows exactly where you are at? I, I, I don't care what you go through, what you're facing in life. God sees everything that you got. He knows where you're at. Uh, he, you haven't escaped the sight of God. He says, I see you. He saw Nathaniel under the fig tree. God knows where you're at this morning. God has never lost one of his children. God has never misplaced one of his children. We don't serve a God that says, well, I don't know where they're at today. I can't find them. I'm glad that when we wander off, God still sees us. He knows where you're at. He has not lost track of any of us this morning. He is God that sees everything about us and where we're at this morning. He saw somebody that saw him. He, he saw someone that changed his mind. God, only God can do that. Nathaniel changed his opinion of Jesus. Verse 45, Philip said unto Nathaniel, We have found him of whom Moses and the prophets and the law did write about. And then the Nathaniel replied, there ain't nothing good come out of Nazareth, so you ain't found him. You know you ain't found him. He said, there is something, no good thing can come out of there. But three verses later, three verses later, he changed his tune. In verse 49, Nathaniel answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God. Thou art the king of Israel. Please listen to me. What Philip could not do, Jesus did do. Philip is constantly coming to him. Come and see the one that Moses wrote about. Come and see the one that uh, the prophets wrote about, the law was wrote about. Won't you just come? He says, no, there's no good thing that can come out of that. And then Philip says, well, come and see. Yeah. Just come on and see. Yeah. Come on and see. I, I found out that I cannot change people's minds. I can tell people how good the Lord is until I'm blue in the face. I, I found that I cannot tell them all the things that I've learned in the Bible until the cows come home but I can't change their mind. 
I, I can't make them see Jesus differently. I, I can't make uh, uh, them to understand, you say, what are we supposed to do when we witness to people when they can't change their mind? You tell them about Jesus. They say what Philip said. Come and see. Won't you just come and see? It's better felt than tell. I can't explain it to you. You start telling your, your family and your friends about Jesus. Is Oh yeah, I, I'm glad you're not drinking no more. I'm glad you're not a drunkard no more. I'm glad you're not doing drugs no more. I, I'm glad you're not running around no more. I'm glad you're not beating your wife up or your husband up anymore. I, I'm glad of that, but hey, that stuff just ain't for me. That ain't for me. And you try and you beg and you plead with them, come to church, come to church, come to church. You live in the life that they need to see that there is a changed life in you. So how in the world do you ever get them to church? How do you get people to come to church? You just got to say what Philip says. Won't you come and see? Won't you come and see? Just come with me. Just come and watch. Just come and listen. Just come and see the Lord this morning. The woman at the well got, got this problem. We all got problems. And finally, uh, the Lord reveals himself to her. And she sees the Lord. See, I, I, nobody else could have changed her mind or changed her opinion, but when she sees the Lord, she left her water pot and ran back to the city and said, Come and see. Come and see a man which told me all things that I've ever did. Is this not the Christ? At a certain point in your life when you witness the people and you get so much into it. There's got to be a place that you say, hey, just come and see. One of the greatest evangelism tools that we have at our disposal today, and I understand going out tracks, I understand knocking on the door, I believe in personal witnessing, but the church is the greatest tool for evangelism. How, how do you say that? You get them to the church. You get them into the church and let God change their mind when you can't change their mind when you've been begging and pleading and begging and pleading and it just nothing happens. Just get them to the church. Proverbs says, Answer not a fool according to his follies, lest thou be like unto him. The very next verse says, Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. Wisdom and knowledge is what we need. There are times you've got to answer a fool, and there are times you're just going to have to back up. Say, We was uh, Walmart, South Dotona Beach, Florida. 
was going out, standing outside of Walmart, want to witness the people as they come out. Some young people there witnessing, want to witness the people. As this guy came out, he looked burly. I mean, he looked like, <laughs> oh, come on, I've been watching y'all boys. I'm bring it, bring it on, bring it on. So the guy went up there and started witness to him. And the more he witnessed to him, the meaner the guy got. And the more he got meaner back, and this guy, the guy was witness to him, just started. Wanting, nah, 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 nah. There, there's a time when you start witnessing to some people that you're just going to have to stop. Because you'll do more harm than you are going to be doing good. And, and, and then that's when you just say, hey, I, I, I understand your feelings, I understand that, but I, let me ask you this, why don't you just come and see? You can't change your mind, I can't change your mind, but God can change your mind. I can, I can tell people how great butter pecan ice cream is all day long. I, I can just tell you it's so smoothing, it's so good. I've licked the sugar off of every one of them in the state. You don't have to worry about fatness. I've done done that. I can tell you all day long how good it is. But in order you you know, you're gonna have to taste it. Yeah. <laughs> you you don't know until you taste. Come and taste the Lord and see that He is good. Why don't you just come? Because he can change your mind. I can't change your mind. Just come and taste the Lord. He is good. You say people I talk to are messed up. I don't know if they'll ever change their mind. I don't know if they'll change their mind about Jesus. They don't know if they'll change their mind about church. I don't know if they'll change their mind about the Bible. Can I ask you something? Do you remember when you were messed up? Nobody could tell you about Jesus. Nobody tell you about the Bible. What? Me in church? No, no, no. <laughs> and, and then somebody finally got you into the church. They got you through the doors and you said, I'm going to sit on that back row over there. And ain't nothing going to happen to me on the back row. They got you into church. They said, come and see. I'll come. I'll just come so you won't nag me no more. And you come, and you're sitting there, and nobody can change your mind. But all of a sudden, the preacher got to preaching, preaching right to your heart, right where you're living, right what you've been doing. You say, how does he know about that? It ain't him. It's the Holy Ghost. He's telling him, hey, say this, because that person over there has got to hear this. And when he does, that's when your mind gets changed and you come down to the altar. Lord, here I am. I'm lost and undone. I need help. That's where you were at. That's where you were at. God changed your mind. A few years ago, <laughs> nobody said, well, I'll be in church on Sunday, Sunday morning, Wednesday night. No. Some of y'all hadn't been that long. You say, hey, church, every time the doors are open, not me, not me. And now you say, church, can't wait. Got to get there. Got to get there. Revival? Oh, yeah, make it go long. Make it go long. I want to be there every night. There are times people said, 
You would have never done that. What happened? God changed your mind. Come and see. Come and see. Sir, we would see Jesus. Bible says he holds the king's heart in his hands. As the rivers of water, he turneth whatsoever he will. Is there anything too hard for my God? There's not a heart that's so hard or life that's so wicked or mind so turned off that God cannot invade his mind this morning. You listen to I, you know, I, I, I have beat myself to death a lot of times. I preach some messages and you don't get any response. I beat myself over it. And finally I started having to encourage myself this way. I don't know what God is doing when they leave the church. I don't know what God is trying to work in their life or what God is trying to get corrected in their life. I don't know. All I do know is that word will not turn back void. I know that when they go out and they hear the word of God, God is dealing with that heart. God is dealing with that mind. God is dealing with that soul. Amen. I understand not everybody comes to the altar the first time they come to church. The Bible says there's, there's some planting, there's some sowing, there's some watering, and there's got to be some maturity. Then, then all of a sudden it starts to grow and it blossoms out. That's when you see Jesus. That's when you see Jesus. He saw someone that saw him first. He saw one of someone that could change his mind. He saw someone that secured his future. Verse 51. And he said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you. Underline that word hereafter. Ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Jesus tells him, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you in the hereafter. You will see heaven open up. You will see into the glory world. That word hereafter, is a, it, it, it relates to as what's going to happen in the eternity, not tomorrow. Listen to me. Jesus is the only one that can use, he's the only one that uses the word hereafter in the New Testament. He says it here and he uses it when he's uh, talking to John in Revelations. He's the only person that uses the word when talking about eternity. Not the next day, but he's dealing with what's going on, going on in eternity. You say, what does that mean to me? He's the only one that's incurred your hereafter. He's the only one that knows what's going to go on in the hereafter. The only one that can tell you that, that what's going on happen the day after tomorrow, down the road, is him. And i got to think about it. Jesus is my hereafter. I, I put my trust in him. 
It doesn't matter what's going to happen in this world. It doesn't matter what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't care what's going to happen tomorrow. I cannot see what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know who holds tomorrow. I have entrusted my soul into the Lord, the keeping of my soul from hereafter. I'm not going to get bent out of shape on what goes on in this world anymore. I don't like the way it's going. I don't like the direction it's going. I don't like the government, what's going on. I don't like it. But I'm not going to worry about it anymore. Because God's got it. I, I'm trusting in the one that saw Nathaniel first. The one that changed Nathaniel's mind. The one that secured Nathaniel's future. He is the one that can do all that for me and for you. That song says, why worry about tomorrow when your steps are getting old slow? If your life has been spent for Jesus, then you don't have much further to go. And the next hand you shake could be the hand of the Savior. And the next step you could take could be the streets of purest gold. And your next meal could be the marriage supper. And the next touch you feel could be the blessings of your soul. I'm talking about the one that secured my future. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know he's got it. I know he's in control. Just see Jesus. Sirs, that we may see Jesus. The preeminence of Jesus, the preeminence of Christ, we'll see him. I'm looking for that day that we can finally see him. See him, amen.